Aldrin Sampia on Beyond the Headline. 0614-104-107. You can also tweet at Aldrin Sampia and our studio line is 86 We're in conversation next with Michael Rousseau, who's a senior consultant investment at the 10 Times Living Annuity as we have a conversation this afternoon focusing on living annuity and also looking at some of the benefits and the products that are available. Michael, good afternoon and thank you so much for making time for us. Thanks Thanks for being here. Great stuff. Tell us quickly about living annuity and what some of the alternatives are. Uh, Well, a living annuity is a post-retirement vehicle used where people transfer their retirement savings in that gets invested and then they draw an income to replace the salary that they've been uh, receiving. Um, An alternative would be a guaranteed life annuity uh, where you would hand over your retirement savings to the uh, insurance company and in return they would give you a guaranteed income uh, for the rest of your life. So what's the difference between the two? Well, the the main difference is the ownership uh, factor. So mm-hmm. uh, with a living annuity, uh, the capital still remain, you still own the capital amount, uh, whereas with the guaranteed annuity in its simplest form, uh, you transfer ownership of the capital, uh, and then in response, they provide you with a guaranteed income for the rest of your life. So if you were to pass away um, with a living annuity, then the capital amount would actually be handed over to your beneficiaries, mm-hmm. whereas a guaranteed annuity, if you were to pass away, then the capital would be handed over to the insurance company. So a lot of people don't like that factor. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then with the living annuity, who would that product be for? Um, well, everyone, uh, but I suppose it depends on the situation. Um, everybody, it varies um, from person to person. Uh, but again, um, the majority of people that I talk to, they tend to not like the fact of handing over ownership of you know their life savings mm. that they've been accumulating. Um, uh, and then I suppose also investors that want flexibility. So with a guaranteed annuity income, it's a set income increasing with inflation for the rest of your life. Whereas with a living annuity, you can actually sort of toggle not just the frequency that you receive, so it's not necessarily a monthly income, you can receive quarterly, annually, but you can also um, increase your income if need be. So as life happens to you, you can increase or decrease the income between 25 and 17.5% per annum. So if you get stuck one year and you need um, uh, extra income, once a year you can increase your income um, for that year and then bring it back down if need be. So I suppose those that are looking to retain ownership of their capital and uh, that, that want that flexibility, living annuity would best suit it for them. Yeah. And what would some of the, um, the, some of the determining factors be that uh, somebody who's in the market looking for a living annuity should be taking into consideration, considering also that you have so many companies offering this? Yeah, so I suppose the differentiating factors uh, between the companies uh, would be first and foremost, how are the funds being managed? Um, I would encourage the listeners to Google the difference between actively managing versus passively tracking the market through indexes. Um, If you just do a little bit of research on the difference there, 
you'll start to see that, you know, there's different probabilities assigned to, you know, if you were to actively manage versus to track the market. Um, there's a whole conversation that can be had about there, but just knowing the difference, I think, would already set you on the path in distinguishing between the different investment companies, um, where the funds are invested, so asset allocation across cash, bonds, property, and shares, very important in determining the level of return, how much exposure do you have to cash and bonds versus how much exposure do you have to property and shares. That will determine uh, the returns that you're going to receive. And then lastly, I would say um, fees. Fees will be a major factor uh, in distinguishing between the different companies. Um, I feel a lot of investors I chat to, they struggle to know what a good fee is, uh, average fee is, and what a high fee is. And while while this gauge can be left for interpretation, um, generally a good fee is anything 1% or less, uh, average fee is 1% to 2%, and uh, a really high fee is you know 2% and more. Uh, I would say, though, this is left for interpretation because sometimes a company can justify a higher fee um, given the returns that they uh, give to their investors. So it's, it's not an exact science, but that's just a gauge for the listeners. And then also looking at um, when, when you come to determining whether or not your investment has been a success, what are some of the contributing factors that you can actually make sure that this investment is a success and that it benefits you and your family? Um, I would say focusing on the things that are in your control. Uh, a lot of people are uh, get distracted by things that's not in their control. Um, uh, for example, uh, inflation, uh, that's not in your control. So Trying to control that is uh, a fruitless exercise. Um, and then also drawdowns, uh, that's in your control um, uh, in terms of how much, but obviously there's a certain amount that you require every single year to live. So uh, it's in your control up until a point. Um, so the next two factors for you to really focus on is maximizing your returns and minimizing your fees. So you maximize your returns um, by, you know, um, just choosing the way that it gets managed actively or um, passively tracking the market through indexes, um, deciding which way you want to go. The next step, where does it get invested? So if you invest in just cash, like a money market, it only gives you single-digit growth and your requirement is double-digit growth, uh, then you are setting yourself up for... Uh, a loss there. So I would definitely say where mm-hmm. it's invested is very important. And then just minimizing the fees. Don't give away your hard-earned returns unnecessarily. So just make sure that you're paying the fees um, to the people that are adding value to the process. Yeah. And uh, just a final one is looking on the requirements and the criteria for opening a living annuity um, a product as well as um, if you do have one currently and you're not happy with it, what can you do to move? So anybody older than 55 can retire their retirement savings and transfer it into a living annuity. Uh, unless you inherit a living annuity, there you can be younger than the age 55. Uh, you require a passport uh, or an ID and um, a tax number uh, where the income gets paid into a South African bank account. So that would be the requirements. In terms of transferring, um, many investors actually don't know that uh, living annuities are transferable. So 
if you're unhappy with your existing provider and you feel like there might be other providers out there that can improve your situation, whether it be on a return basis, a fee basis, service basis, you can transfer. You just simply contact the, the company that you'd like to move to, and they actually handle the transfer on your behalf, and there's no disruption in the income that you're receiving from your living annuity. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate that. That is um, Michael Rousseau, who's a senior investment consultant at uh, 10X Living Annuity. Um, Michael Rousseau, senior investment consultant at 10X Living Annuity. And that conversation proudly brought to you by 10X Living Annuity.